welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Those of you who might be connected with me on social media, uh, you have probably seen me posting an awful lot about AI. Um, that's been a big part of the focus of the work that I've been doing with schools for the past few months. And I am loving the schools that are saying, how can we get our student leadership groups, our GSA groups involved in these conversations about AI literacy? And it matters. It matters so much. Often when I am facilitating a workshop on AI and equity, I start that workshop off with a single image. It's the image of a hammer. And I ask participants, I want you to try to come up with three good uses, three great things you can do with a hammer. And I also want you to try to come up with three harmful things that you can do with a hammer. After about a moment of reflection, I then invite participants to think about how easy or how difficult it was for them to come up with a range of creative ideas for putting a hammer into play. And I point out that those who actually have had a lot of experience using the hammer it's really easy to come up with three reasons, three things for good, three things for harm. If you have not used that tool very often, some of the examples you come up with might be pretty basic. And I use that as an analogy to help people understand why I am encouraging folks to experiment with these tools. It is only through that experimentation and play that we're able to really see the potential harms and also the profound opportunities. So in this episode, I want to take you back to 2017. That's actually when my initial interest in artificial intelligence spiked. Why is that? Well, back in 2017, a couple of Stanford researchers made the very bold claim that AI could peer into the digital abyss and actually discern somebody's sexual orientation just from looking at a photograph of them. Sounds pretty dystopian, right? That study posited that AI could predict whether an individual is gay or straight, and the researchers said that their correct rate was around 70%. They said there were some caveats concerning gender and the number of images presented. This, folks, is a glaring example of how the hasty application of AI can lead us down a rabbit hole of both oversimplification and categorical misfires. Now let's talk a little bit more about how that research was conducted. First and foremost, it's important for you to know, the subjects in that study, they were all white. Their profiles were taken from online dating sites, showing, of course, a huge lack of diversity, and that's a massive disservice to the incredible tapestry of our human identities. That's not honoring our variability. What else was misguided about that 2017 study? Well, it tied itself in knots by offering just two sexual identities, gay or straight, blurring the lines between sexual identity and activity. I was really happy to see that GLAAD came out and voiced their concerns immediately. They understood that the technology was looking at a very small subset and that this was not a huge uh, groundbreaking scientific discovery, but it was actually just a reflection of beauty standards on dating sites for white folks. 
That didn't stop the study from going viral. Just about every big mainstream media outlet was sharing headlines about it. And yet, in all of that uproar, researchers stood their ground. Um, they acknowledged a small possibility of being wrong. But they said that it was only the rigors of scientific replication, not the critique of organizations like GLAD that could debunk their claims. Now, studies like that show us, of course, that if we don't understand AI, and also if we don't understand what makes for good quality research, we might see a headline and take it to be true. So this episode really hopes to think about the path of AI and urge you alongside of your students to reflect on this like ethical labyrinth that we need to navigate as we continue to have AI become this ubiquitous force in our lives. Today, I'd like to explore a way that we can focus our GSA cohorts on learning more about what the existing research says about AI in the LGBTQ community and as a way to set those students up to do their own research. So over there in the show notes, you're going to find a slideshow. It's completely free. I've got ready to roll resources, a palette of 10 compelling reasons why it is so crucial for LGBTQ plus students to embrace this AID discourse. And they will also find a few recommended inquiries to take on in order to better understand that AI landscape. That slideshow again, you'll get to it in the show notes. I've worked with a bunch of student leadership groups around AI literacy in the past few months. We've been talking about everything from the state of representation in AI, voice generators. We've been talking about the advice that's generated by AI parenting chatbots and what those AI parenting chatbots offer to a parent or caretaker who is raising a queer child. I hope the slideshow in the show notes, it sparks further curiosity about AI literacy and it helps our students flex their research skills. And I've even linked to what has become one of my favorite research tools. It is chat PDF. It is free to use. I've got a tutorial on how you can use it where essentially I can take a research paper. I can upload it as a PDF to chat PDF and I can ask it lots of questions. I really think that tools like chat PDF can supercharge our research process. Now, if you're asking first and foremost, Trisha, why is it crucial for our GSA groups to be AI literate? I'm gonna go through some of the reasons. Um, and again, this list of reasons is in the slideshow with the accompanying research that I did in compiling this list. I'd invite you to have your students come up with their own list. Maybe they start with my resources or they go out and they find their own. So reason number one is bias mitigation. That Stanford study from 2017 I mentioned, yeah, it shows us that AI, if it's left unchecked, it's gonna pigeonhole individuals into binary categories. The queer community knows better. We've got this amazing 
broad spectrum of identities. And we know that we need to avoid oversimplifications, especially when it comes to discussing people. Reason number two is representation. If there are uh, no LGBTQ voices leading this conversation about AI, that's dangerous. AI is going to become increasingly more prevalent in the healthcare industry. So think about how that could spawn unfair, unsafe outcomes if there is no queer perspective. We're not just talking about AI discourse, we're talking about inclusive and equitable systems. Voice therapy assistance is another one to be talking about. AI holds real promise in assisting transgender individuals with voice therapy that's gonna give us another really powerful option for gender affirming care. At the same time, we need to be thinking about how AI virtual assistants, they have a lack of representation when it comes to how those voices are being gendered. And we need more research around that. So the next reason is inclusive research. This has got to be a must. There's great groups out there like Queer in AI, and they're leading the way. I would love to see computer science teachers connecting their students with the work of Queer in AI more regularly. Next up, how are we understanding the impact? This is where we need to really be discerning in weighing both the harms and the benefits of AI, especially when it comes to marginalized communities. Our community needs to be looking at what these tools generate and why. And coming up with a system, when you come across bias, how do you report it back? Community-led participatory design this is going to help us craft AI systems that they resonate, they value the real world experiences of the LGBTQ community. It's about making sure that AI is developed with us in mind. When we're talking about activism and advocacy, it's not a buzzword, right? This is what our GSAs do. So how can our GSAs wield AI as a tool for advocacy. If you're not familiar with Google's partnership with the Trevor Project back in 2021, there's a link in those slides about it and how they came together to leverage AI as a training resource for their crisis counselors. It's an amazing story. And again, reminds us that there are some powerful partnerships to be had. So as we wrap up, I'd love to hear back from you. If you use the slides that you find over there in the show notes or if your GSA group, if they are already engaging with AI literacy, please do send me an email. My email address is trisha at shiftingschools.com. You're going to find that email address in the show notes. And if all of this has you thinking about what you can do to work on your AI literacy, well, next week... Shifting Schools, we're kicking off our three-week AI playground. It's three weekly webinars. If you can't attend live, they are recorded. It's three weeks of experimentation and guidance and support in a cohort environment. 
So listeners, I always appreciate you listening to the show. And I'm going to give away three free seats to that three-week AI playground. It kicks off November 7th. And if you would like to win one of the free three seats, just email me to enter to win. This interplay between AI literacy and the LGBTQ community, it cannot be a one-way street. It's got to be a dialogue. And I hope together we can sustain it. Thanks again for listening. Again, all those resources that I mentioned, you'll find them in the show notes. See you again next Thursday.